Welcome everyone to Season 2, Episode 4 of Maple Belief Podcast. Today is a special one. It spans from Zambia to Winnipeg. Fiziani Semyama has an exciting life story, and she has a passion for public speaking. She joins us today to talk about the impact her mother's death had on her in her teens, uh, to finding joy and contentment in Jesus, now that she's in Canada with a church she loves and raising her own family. We also touch on topics such as the theology of Genesis, speaking in tongues, the importance of the local church uh, when she had a difficult recovery after the birth of her son, and of course we talk about how cold Winnipeg is because we do that too much. With that, I'm pleased to present my conversation with Viziani. Hi, Fiziani. How are you doing today? I am doing good. How are you? I'm I'm great. This is this winter weather in Canada, or at least the prairies, has just been amazing this year. Uh, have you found it? How have you found the I weather this year? Complain. I am loving it. <laughs> many, I will take this any day, any time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Although not July. Well, not in July. Yeah, I won't take it then. <laughs> Um, how many winters is this for you? Um, so I came to Canada in 2008. That would make it, what, 13, in February 2008. So I'm going on, what? Yeah, 13. 13, yeah. Yeah. 13. Wow, February. I remember the day I landed at the airport. I got out of the airport terminal and it was minus 48 with the wind chill. <laughs> and my, my husband used to tell me because I was back in Zambia and the worst it would be in Zambia would be maybe plus six and that would be freezing cold like that's like what is happening to us kind of weather so he would tell me oh honey take your head and stick it in the freezer and it doesn't even come close and I was like you are so full of it and I was just like there's no way it's that cold oh my gosh when I came and I left that airport terminal I felt like my limbs were falling off one at a time I felt like my ears were just gonna drop off it was so cold but now now I'm, I'm much better <laughs> that's, that's a great years, it only took me 13 years yeah <laughs> Yeah. that's a very poetic way of saying it I mm-hmm. <laughs> your arms are going to fall off um yeah it is something else you know what i sometimes like it that we hit a stretch of really cold weather in like december or something and then it just sits like this around minus five minus ten and then after that really cold stretch this feels great and balmy yeah yeah, it does. But uh, like when you dress for it, I guess it's okay. I, I shouldn't say much right now because I am working from home. So I am rarely out there. So I only go there outside when it's nice and warm. I'm not out there when it's freezing cold. So That's right. That's great. That's um, a good point <laughs> from working from home is, um, yeah, we never go outside. I, I agree with that too. Mm-hmm. So thanks for joining me today. Um, what I guess I... Uh, you have an interesting story as um, immigrating from Zambia. And mm-hmm. I guess I was wanting to know more about your, your faith journey as far as um, like, when did you uh, give your life to Christ or when did you first hear about Jesus? 
Yeah. So um, my journey, like I, I, I gave my life to Christ when I was 14 years old. Uh, so I was very young at that time. But um, I, the way it happened was, was, was very interesting, at least to me. Nobody actually witness to me you know like somebody speaks to you and then you're convinced or convicted and then you give your life to Christ it was it was just the other way around I loved my sleep when I was 14 I'm pretty sure every teenager <laughs> will be like yeah we, yeah we know what you're talking about yeah I loved my sleep like I slept like crazy it, it drove my mother insane uh, because I could sleep until two o'clock if I'm not woken up, I'll stay in bed <laughs> and not get out. And uh, one day, it was a Sunday, I woke up very early. And I decided to go to church. My mother was very positive that I had smoked something or I had done something. And like, she was so worried. But I woke up very early in the morning got dressed, bathed, got dressed, and went to church. I sat in church, and I listened to um, his now Bishop Joe Imakando speak, and he preached a message, and I just felt like he was pointing daggers at me the whole time I sat in there. And I just felt like, oh, here goes another adult who's trying to tell me how to live my life. I'm 14 years old now. I know what I'm doing. And I left in the middle of the service. I didn't stick around. And uh, the church, it, uh, it's called Bread of Life Church. It's, uh, it's, it's quite a big church in Zambia. Um, they, had, they would have like evening services. So every Sunday they would have an evening service. So they would have services in the morning and then they would have an evening service later on. I found myself back at the evening service. Don't ask me why. I don't know why, <laughs> but I went back. <laughs> and uh, at that evening service, I gave my life to Christ. And and that's how it happened for me. Um, it it wasn't dramatic. It wasn't there was nothing exciting to it. I I feel like my story is so flat. You know, like people have exciting stories about you know how this happened and then that and then I found Christ and you feel like applauding at the end of it. My story is just kind of like bang 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 and that's that. But um, my walk with Christ really. I when when I tell people about my story, I tell it in two parts because I feel like um, I started off as a religious Christian, and like don't get me wrong, it it played a huge part like in my life and um, in shaping the person that I am today. And then a few years ago, very recently here in Canada, I actually feel like I became a child of God. And I'm going to, to explain what I mean um, by religious Christian and then child of God. Like usually when people say I'm a Christian, well, it's just assumed you're a child, child of God. But I look at those two to be very, very different. And sometimes, to be very honest with you, I cringe at saying I am a Christian because that word these days just carries a message that I am not a hundred percent sure I want to be a part of. Right. Right. So 
when I started off, I do, I did um, things that a good Christian should do. I prayed before I woke up. I prayed for my food. I prayed before I went to bed. I went to church every Sunday. I joined the choir and um, I prayed in the spirit. Now, praying in the spirit, I felt like there were times when I, I did things to fit in because everybody else was jumping around and behaving really crazy because the spirit of God had come upon them. I felt like I had to do that as well to fit in to this, you know, Christian thing. And then there were times when I just felt like a, a quietness where I just, I just feel like it's just quiet and I can almost hear my thoughts and I can hear me speaking to God. Like it was very, very different, but I really just pushed that all the way down because that meant nothing. Nobody was seeing what was happening within me. So nobody's going to know I'm a Christian if I do this. So I went with, with the more common thing of running up and down and screaming in the spirit and all that. And um, recently, sorry. sorry, what was that? Sorry. So it sounds like bread of life was very charismatic i would say with like speaking very of, speaking of they tongues. were very and 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 you you know um it's not to say that uh people don't get you know like filled with the spirit and 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 certain thing they 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 respond in a certain way um but i personally i felt like i needed to fit in right yeah so i did what everybody else was doing you know was it really 100 percent the Holy Spirit, no, mm. speaking for myself, right? So um, that happened for a very long time in my Christianity. And with that, um, I started asking questions of God that I never got answers to or satisfactory answers to. So I built this image of God in my mind that, okay, God was unreliable. Uh, he only answered when he wanted to answer. Um, it was a one-way relationship. It's his way or the highway. And I really had to be scared of him. But he's a good God. That's what, that's what they tell us, right? And I was very confused for the longest time because nothing about God made sense to me. All I knew was that he was good. I didn't understand how he was good. And then um, my mom and my dad, they separated when um, my younger brother and I were very young. And uh, so we grew up with mom and mom passed away when I was 17 years old. Oh. I, 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 I was religious throughout the whole experience. I did the Christian thing and, you know, went along with, with it, but dipped in my heart, London, I had questions that I never thought God would ever give me a satisfactory answer to. And I, I just didn't, I just didn't get to that point where I was like, this is meaningless Christianity for me. And, and just for your viewers, this gets way much better 
like right now it sounds grim, but I found Jesus and it's a wonderful story. So just hang on, uh, bear with me as I, I take you through my journey. Yeah, so <laughs> perfect, perfect. <laughs> my, my mom died and I was like, this cannot, like I prayed. I brought pastors to my house to pray. I brought friends that prayed. We did everything a good Christian does. I, I didn't do certain things. I bargained with God. I told him, if you heal my mom, I will never do this. I will never do this. I will never do that. And God, in my mind, still took my mom. Hmm. You know, and it, it, was, it was tremendously difficult um, after that. Um, I met my husband, uh, came to Canada. I have two beautiful kids. Uh, I'm fast forwarding the story for you. And uh, here we are uh, a few years ago. Um, I think that was 2014. My father-in-law came to visit us here after I had uh, my son. And uh, one day, we, my husband and I, I think we had gone out for dinner or something, and we came back. It was after midnight, and we found my father-in-law seated in the living room. I was terrified. I'm like, why is he not sleeping? Like, wh wh what happened? And he was just anxious to see us. So I was like, okay, it must be the boys. Something happened. And he sat us down and said, before you go anywhere, your kids are okay. They are sleeping but I want you guys to come sit down. So he sat us down and he said, I listened to this message um, by Miles Monroe and I want you guys to listen to it today before you go to bed. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> sure, this wow. is my father-in-law. Like, yeah, yeah, we'll do that. So my husband and I went, we sat down and uh, we listened to that message. And it's completely 180 degrees changed my life it got me the answers I was looking for finally for me God makes 100% sense he is true he is good he is faithful to his word he will never go back on his word and it, it was it from that day on it has been an amazing amazing journey so we listened to that message and um my husband and i didn't talk to each other that night we just you know like good night hand good night hand went into bed i think each one of us were just like what was that but for me it um it took me back to genesis and and i feel like sometimes in our faith if you can't believe God in Genesis, it is very hard to believe in, in Ephesians or in Matthew or in Revelation. You have to yeah. first trust yeah. in the beginning God. Like that, that is the foundation, you know, for me, at least is what I think um, for what my life has become today. So the one question I really had pressing on my heart was, why did you take my mother? And, you know, like throughout these uh, past few years, I feel like God gave me an answer and I am at peace. I am excited and it's acceptable for me. It might not be acceptable for the next person, but for me it was. And God simply said to me, 
not in an audible voice, London. I didn't hear a voice from heaven. Clouds didn't part. And, and I saw an angel and any of that stuff. No, it's just you as a Christian, you, you learn to hear God's voice. And you learn to know how God speaks to you individually as a person. I always tell my husband, if I ever come to you and I say I was confused, I didn't know if that was just my mind making things up or that was God, I am lying, 100% lying. Because I have come to a point where I 100% know when God is speaking to me about something. And I think it's a journey that each and every Christian will take and has to take. I think it's very important to take because... You know, he, he's going to speak to you and it's not going to be exactly what is written in the Bible. You need to be able to know that it is God. Otherwise, you will be misled, right? So um, for me, uh, God said to me, yeah. you know, I don't take your mom. I didn't kill your mom. I didn't take your mom. I just called back home my child. And I was like, wow, mm -hmm. you know, the children that I have today are not mine. God merely used me as a vehicle to bring to earth somebody whom he thought is critical for earth. It is a privilege for me to have the children that I have. And every day when I pray for my kids, I am praying to say, thank you, Father, for entrusting me with your children, these precious children. For me, I look at it as in my job is, the Bible says, teach a child in a way that he should go and so that they never depart from it. It's you're teaching the child in the way that they should go, not in the way that you think they should go, but in the way that they should go. So my job I feel is to prepare my kids, lay the foundation, for God to be able to come in and be able to give them their path, their purpose, and their drive in life. I need to lay that foundation. If I do a poor job at laying that foundation as a steward, I have failed. So every day, to, I am confident to go before God today and say, God, you need to extend my life 15 years because there are some lessons that I think are going to take a longer time to teach. And I 100% believe that God is going to extend my life because those kids are depending on me to teach them the foundation of who God is and, and, and what it's all about. So when God said to me, I simply called back home my child who was suffering. I was at East London. Like for me, I was like, I get it. Like we claim things, you know, when Adam was in the Garden of Eden, um, God gave him access to that garden. God never gave him ownership. And out of ownership, I have come to learn, is a lot of the problems that today we face because we want to own things. So, for example, right, if you own a house today, London, um, when the furnace breaks, it's on you to fix it. When your water pipes break, it's on you to fix it. It's, it's on you to make sure that that house is functioning. If you rent the house, it's on the landlord. 
And that's what God has done for us. God has yeah. given us access to every tree in the garden, to everything we need. He's telling us, take the access, forget the ownership. Ownership is stress. L let me take the ownership. L let me be responsible for making sure that your life is successful. But when we take ownership, we are telling God, I got this. Don't worry about that. So for me, I think um, coming to that realization, I was at peace um, with, with, with how my mother went to be with Christ. And she gave us her life to the Lord before she, way before she passed. So for me, that was satisfactory and it has given me a whole new perspective on, um, on my Christian life today. And I am so glad for it because um, I can live every day. Like when I look at my kids, each and every day is a purposeful, intentional day for me. So when you were uh, 14, uh, that was um, uh, quite a change for your life. What, what was your, I guess, um, your exposure to to Christianity when you were before 14, say, like when you were 12 or 13, like mm -hmm. you said, was your mom a, a believer then or no? No, my mom was not a believer. I was the first believer in, in, in my family. Um, I had friends, like church was big in Zambia, especially where I grew up. And I had friends who would go or who had parents that went to church. Um, it was a good thing to do, you know, um, so it's, it wasn't foreign at all to me. Um, and I, I knew a little bit of what it meant, you know, to be a Christian, to live that, uh, that kind of life. But for me, it was, I looked at it as it's, it, it's, it's, um, it's something that you do and you follow rules. You know, right. there are rules to be followed and, and, and you have to follow the rules and then you become a good Christian. And uh, it, with that, uh, after I became a Christian, it was so hard for me to trust people because I knew so much about people. And I was like, there's no way that person is this and that in the church because I know about A, B, C, D, E, F, G, you know? <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it was, um, it, it raised uh, a lot of um, trust issues, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and, and even with God, like I, I was that Christian that I was not afraid to have a relationship with God and to ask questions and I would always say I think every time God sees me on my knees he's just like here we go again this kid <laughs> but I, I feel like God loves that you know because it, it is actually a relationship like it's yep. not just one way you know it's it's Fisiani sit down here let me lay down to you or Fisiani come on don't be like that like I feel like that's the kind of relationship I have with God and I really love it and um and uh, it's it's like you know when Eve when Eve ate of the fruit and and gave to Adam and the fall and all that like I asked God I was like okay if you are really good and you really love us and you know everything you knew that that woman was going to 
take that fruit and eat it and just cause all the havoc we are in right now. Like, why did you let it happen? Like, why didn't God just stop Eve from eating that fruit? Like, mm-hmm. in paradise right now, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Um, and, you know, through the relationship with God, you know, when the Bible says seek and you will find truly, I have come to realize when you seek, when you seek out God and, and truth, you know, uh, Pilate asked the question to Jesus. He said, what is truth? That was such an important question because truth can be based on a lot of things. And the truth that we now um, we now come to readily accept, I feel, is the truth that is brought about by our five senses. If I see mm. it, if I hear it, if I can yeah. touch it, if I can smell it, if I can feel it, then it's true. But truth really, London, like I always tell my boys, I say, boys, if you have a red ball and, and God comes and says, that is not red, that is blue, what color is your ball? <laughs> and <laughs> my youngest will always say, oh, it's blue, mommy. <laughs> I just love it. You know, yeah. I am teaching my boys today to say, it doesn't matter what you see and what you feel. If God says you were healed 2,000 years ago, you are healed. Your body is, whether you are feeling the pain right now or whether you can see the rush on your skin or whatever it is. So I'm trying to teach them to trust God. Like God is truth. You know, mm-hmm. my eyes don't show me the truth. God is the truth in my life. So anyway, you know, um, I started reading and uh, the Bible and, you know, praying and listening to other preachers and reading books about uh, the fall. And I came to realize just how powerful and just how faithful God is. Because God said, let us make man in our image. Let them have dominion, right? God removed himself from the hierarchy of power, of, of authority, here on earth. He could have said, let us have dominion. Right? right? Yeah. He did not. He said, let them have dominion. And with that, he 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 gave free will to man. Yeah. And yeah. with that, when and 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 he promised that to a man he who, who was a spirit, really. In in a dead body, right? In 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 um, in a body, human body, human, right? Um, Adam, you mean? How Miles Monroe actually, you know, explains this in one of his books. He says, authority on earth was only ever given to a spirit in a dead body, and even uh. God Himself could not interfere. And so the reason God did not go back on his word, one, he is spirit. He could not come down and say, Eve, stop it, spank, spank on your hand. (laughs) You know, and the reason the devil came in a serpent's body was because he too was spirit and needed a body. He knew that for him to have any sort of influence on earth, he, he can't be a spirit. And that's why spirits roaming around without a body, we call them today demons, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And so with that, like with that understanding, it began to open up doors in my head. I was like, okay, so God has put so much weight on his word. You can almost say, London, that the fall of mankind was due to God's faithfulness to his word. Right. If God had gone back on his word of let them, if he had gone back, we could never trust God. The devil could come to you today and say, he said that let them, and then he still came back and, and, and came and interfered. Can you really trust him now? Right. And so God has placed so much weight on his word. He will never go back on his word. And, 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 and as soon as you start looking at your Bible, London, from a democratic mind, you will not understand any of this because God, God says he is king. God doesn't call himself a president or a prime minister. Yeah, he he's not calls himself, right? He called yeah. himself a king. And mm. in kingdoms, the word of the king becomes law. Yeah, when Nehemiah was, was worried about his people, the king came to him and said, why are you downcast? Like, you don't look as happy. And he said, my people are in trouble. And the king said, I will give you my word. Here it is. This, you will, this letter, take it to anybody. You will do A, B. He made a law for Nehemiah. Yes. Yep. And even Daniel and the, and the lion's den. The king yep. loved Daniel. If he yes. could, the king would have taken his word back. Because, but because kingdoms... Kings can't go back on their words. So Daniel had to go to the lion's thing. Yeah. A president, on the other hand, can say something in one breath and change it in the very next sentence. Yeah, they do. Right? Like they can change their mind. They are allowed to change their mind. A king yeah. does not change his mind. Mm -hmm. And that is why today you can take the word of God literally and take it to the bank. Mm -hmm. but and, because, sorry go ahead no and i was i guess i was going back to the garden where you said that having a a dirt body and that's why the uh, satan had to enter the serpent and mm -hmm. and that's why um jesus came to the earth as a, baby. In a dirt body and right. um and came to um pay the, the price for our sins, right? Yes. Yeah. If, he, if he didn't die, if he wasn't born human and die for us, because death was promised to a human. Yeah. yeah so the is. only person who could pay the price for death was a human. Yeah. So he sacrificed his, like Jesus sacrificed a whole lot, London. When you think about it, really, hmm. to come and be born a man. And he had the patience to wait until he was of age, until he could understand his own actions yeah. and then say, yes, I would. If Satan was smart, please, he would not have sent Jesus to the cross. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? What was he thinking? <laughs> he would not have sent Jesus to the cross because when Jesus, when Jesus was born, he, Satan only had one, 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 one person to worry about, Jesus. Yeah. He was the righteous one. He was the, all of us were in sin, born in sin. So he could manipulate and come in and like, it, it didn't matter. Yeah. But when Jesus died and rose again and the Holy Spirit came, 
Satan now had to deal with first 120, and then 3,000, then 5,000, then yeah. a whole world of mini Jesus is running around. Like he's in trouble. Today, it might feel like the church of God, like, like nothing is happening, but oh my goodness, he is not, he doesn't sleep. He doesn't catch rays, like he's in trouble and he knows it. And that's why it's so important for us to know who we are and to know that your prayer, and that's, that's, that's a whole new topic too, right? Prayer, what yeah. is prayer, right? Yeah. How yeah. do you pray? Why does it feel like we pray things and your prayers hit the ceiling and bounce right back. It's like they don't go anywhere further than that, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but but that is a whole new 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 world altogether. But yeah, it's um, you know going back to Genesis and understanding just how powerful and how faithful God is to His word. I, I read the Bible today, and I I just. Now I actually go back to those. We used to have those little booklets and they would have the promises of God. I love those. Those (laughs) are treasure comes because I can just pick a promise and say, this is what you have said. And this is what I believe. Now that coupled with the fact that truth is not what I see or what I hear, nothing bothers me. I do not worry. Like Jesus said, why do you worry? You know, I, I don't worry anymore. Mm. I think mm. with me, you know, but I don't let my thoughts take the elevator and then out my mouth. Like that, that I am very careful what comes out of my mouth because uh, words are not just for communicating. They are also for creating. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, no, yeah. I agree. I agree. What, um, just want to touch a little bit on your, experience in the bread of life church um was there was that really the the only church in your town or was there other no 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 but that one drew you hey because that that one drew me up to today i still sit online and i listen to their online services oh yeah bread of life taught me how to read the bible without bread of life I don't know that I would have taken the word of God as seriously as I have taken it. Um, the emphasis on knowing the word, uh, Bishop Imakando would always say, if you don't know it, the Holy Spirit can't bring it to your remembrance. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and that's a good point. That, like, they drilled it into us in Sunday school, in youth ministry, and mm-hmm. even in Sunday services. And so knowing your Bible, and and, and it, it felt like you are just reading and just reading. But, man, like, I, I have such um, a resource now in my, like, when I'm praying, I can pray for hours. Mm. Right? Because yeah, I, I can pray God's word. Um and I am grateful for that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but you were saying that their was their worship services would get a um, a little interesting sometimes. Mm-hmm. Did they? How would they? Um, what do I say? How do they reconcile that with New Testament, where you know Paul was saying, you know, keep your services orderly or something? Mm-hmm. I, I'm not, I guess I'm not trying to be. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. It's it. like, um, it's like how, how, yeah, I, I totally get what you're saying. It's like, 
where where does that sit in in terms of you know um you receiving the spirit and starting mm-hmm. to speak in different tongues and you're like oh my goodness what just happened right and mm-hmm. then also keeping it orderly because if the spirit hits you today and you're speaking in tongues for the very first time it's going to be a little weird you know um you're going to be like what or you're going to just be like oh my god like you'll be screaming like you don't know what you just did and 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 the holy spirit is not there to embarrass you right you yeah know? that is one thing that bishop imakando also said he was like the holy spirit wants a relationship with you he will not embarrass you so but for me i think that i my understanding of what that was was that if i if if this if if there's a lady that i admired and she sang very well and and when she got hit by the spirit that lady would just lay on the ground like flat on the ground and like she'll just pick a side of 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 the church and she'll just lay there you know and okay. it would be said that oh she's praying or she's in the spirit or and i thought well that that's what you do you know if you're a good christian you go and lay there and so i would lay there and i would wait for a few minutes and then sit up you know but for yeah. me it was not the spirit you yeah. know and well- Yeah, yeah, I, I, I have a, um, a, a interesting thought about. We had a, a preacher come through uh, when I was in high school, and he was um, very charismatic, and he was um, trying to get our whole church to to speak in tongues, and mm-hmm. we very rarely did. I, mm-hmm. I and and I remember he wanted us. Uh, I think it was late August. It was coming up to school, and he asked the youth group to come up on stage, which was about five of us. And he wanted to bless us and give us a, the gift of the spirit and speak in tongues, and and so we can go into the school and and you know be on fire for God. Which mm-hmm. I, that's great. I, I'm I'm with him there. But then he he held the mic up to my. I was first in line and said, speak in tongues and held mm-hmm. the mic up to my mouth. And I went, uh, <laughs> nope. And then he, Nothing I don't know what there. he said after that. And then yeah. he, he went down the line expecting us to speak in tongues mm-hmm. in front of the whole church, which I mean, the church wasn't huge. There was probably 60 people mm-hmm. and he, nobody did. And it was, yeah. it was disheartening for me to yeah. have that, embarrassing situation in and so i i guess when i'm th- talking about speaking in the spirit i guess uh, i can see where you're you're coming from this absolutely it, it's, it's a little bit sometimes can be for show or lots of times uh, uh yes the, definitely the one, it's like, i mean i believe london that you can start speaking in tongues in your own home right in your own quiet space or by yourself you don't need the pastor to pray over you you don't need anybody to lay hands on yeah. you all you need is you and god and the holy spirit and i speak in tongues i love it i yeah. understand it I, i don't understand what i'm saying but i understand the concept of it and there's been a lot of situations in my life where i don't know what to say to god sometimes it's because i'm too upset with god i don't yeah. know I, i i don't know anything nice to say <laughs> so I will speak I will speak in the spirit and yeah. and and 
I feel at peace. Like it right. works for me. I it, it it's got a place for my Christian life, and it's bailed mm-hmm. me out of a whole lot of trouble. There's yeah. been times where I wake up in the middle of the night with somebody on my mind. And I know I'm supposed to pray for this person, but I don't know what for. Mm. So I will simply say, Father, I believe that I'm supposed to be praying for A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And then I'll start yep. praying in the spirit. I'll pray for a few minutes and then I'm done. Um, I don't, I, it doesn't need to be a spectacle. It doesn't need to be anything wild. If I want mm-hmm. to be, I can be wild. David danced for the Lord. Yep. Right. Yeah. But yeah. It, 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 it shouldn't, you shouldn't feel like you have to. That is right. the point I'm trying to make. I felt like I had to. And the lady I'm talking about who was laying there, she probably didn't even know, you know, what was going on within me, you know, or what yeah. was happening or what influence she was having on me. But uh, she was doing her, like what, what she felt like she, she, it was reverence for her to God, right? Yeah. Uh, for me, it wasn't yeah. at that point. So when you you came to Winnipeg, mm-hmm. um, did you immediately start looking for churches in Winnipeg? Oh, yeah. When I came, my husband had been uh, in Winnipeg uh, three years already. So when I came, he was already volunteering at Springs Church. And uh, so when I came, uh, I joined him at Springs Church. I love it. Our kids go to Springs Christian Academy. We are very plugged in there. And uh, we've built such a beautiful family. Um, When I had my first uh, first son, I I almost died. I literally, like, almost died. And we don't have any other family here. And Childbirth, you mean? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Just uh, I I saw my child. My child was born at 4 a.m. I only got to see him for the first time at nine o'clock in the night Oh. because it was. Yeah, it was it was a terrible um, few weeks. And Mm -hmm. my family was Springs. Oh, great. There was somebody when I was in the OR. I went into the OR like three times. I had like nine pints of blood transfusion. It was just crazy. But my husband always had somebody sitting there with him with the little baby waiting for me to leave the OR, you know, that's what has become family for us. Um, Family by choice. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Well, that's, um, I was going to ask for listeners. um, Springs, I believe is, is the largest church in Winnipeg or if not one of the top two, Mm -hmm. Um, but they've, um, growing do they have more than one location yes uh so there is a location in steinbach and Sokek, and then here in winnipeg uh, on lajimodia there um is our main church and then we have uh, a church also in the inner city uh that's serving the inner city there and then we have a location in calgary as well as uh we have uh online church which is amazing i yeah. I, I love that yeah. we have that now in our world today but uh yeah Okay, so um, getting plugged into a, a church is, is definitely um, can be a lifesaver. I, Very I, important. I, I can understand what you're saying my a little bit, I guess, because my wife and I, we live hours and hours away from both our parents. Mm-hmm. So we got plugged into the, the church in Winnipeg at, at Albright, and we, uh, we really uh, got blessed with a, a whole group of, of friends that were all in our age group and going through that 
you know, having kids at the same time. And, yeah. and so um, we didn't have uh, family around uh, mm-hmm. at all. So it was mm-hmm. definitely, um, I understand that having a local church that you really uh, find uh, a belonging uh, with uh, people that you can do life together. Yes. I don't know if you were in a small group, but we were mm-hmm. definitely in a, a small group for, for quite a few years. So mm-hmm. I, I definitely recommend. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, our pastor, Pastor Leon, uh, said something, you know, um, I think it was in 2009 when I just come to Canada and it has stuck with me and it rings so true. Um, if you look at it, you know, maturely, you know, even in families, you have, he said, he talked about friendships and relationships. And he was like, if you are going to have a new best friend, Every time you have a misunderstanding with your current best friends, how many best friends are you going to have in your life? Or how many good relationships are you going to walk away? And that has Hmm. really, really helped me create some amazing uh, relationships um, away from my, 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 my family. Because, you know, things happen in families and you stick together. And the reason we stick together, sometimes we say, well, it's, it's your family. There's nothing you can do about it, right? And, and yeah. for me, that is the same thing even with the family that I have chosen to have. Are they perfect people? No. Are they going to make mistakes? Yes. Am I going to love them anyway? Yes. And that's why I really love the culture of uh, love. That's love, accept, forgive. Three words okay. that are huge in our world today. You know, uh, we have to love the way Jesus loved. Jesus' love was unconditional. He valued people. He showed value to the people that were around him. And, and when you value someone, they feel that you actually are paying attention, that you see them. You know, they yeah. feel love. And then if you value someone, you will accept them the way they are. You know, uh, in our culture today, for some reason, we have come to believe that for me to be able to accept you, I have to agree with everything that you believe and stand for. That's not necessarily true. I can love you and accept you for who you are and not necessarily agree with everything that you believe. Right. Um, You know, and if you love and accept you, it's easier for you to forgive. Right. Because your heart is in the right place. And and with that, the world goes around so much better. (laughs) I want to talk a little bit about, um, I I guess, the the change of your life from (laughs) from Zambia to to Canada. Was there a a reason you guys came to Canada? I followed a boy. I followed a boy and on marriage brought me to Canada. But anyway, yeah, no, um, my husband and I are both from Zambia and uh, we started dating when we were both in Zambia and he wanted to go back to school and uh, he applied to a couple of places and then he got accepted uh, at Red River College. And uh, you know what, for us, I guess the fees at that time, international school fees were, were much uh, they were kinder here in Winnipeg. Let me put it like really? that. Really? So he went yes. straight from Zambia to, to yeah. Red River. Yeah. So from Zambia, he came here. He came to Red River College. He did two years, three years, two years at Red River College, and then he got a job 
um, at uh, Great West Life. The plan was that he was going to come back to Zambia. We were going to get married and start a family and live in, in Zambia. But when he came here, he loved it here. I guess he found church and uh, we were both from Bread of Life, by the way. So we came from the same church. And when he found Springs, he just he felt like it was home. And so he was like, you know what? I have a job that I really enjoy. And there's a really cool church. It's a cool place. Let's try this place out. And uh, and uh, everything is history after that. Okay. He was here for three years. He came back to Zambia. We got married. And then uh, I came and joined him. That's that's a great story. What, um, what, uh, I guess, what's, is there a difference for a life of a Christian in Zambia versus the, a life of a Christian in, well, I guess you're in Winnipeg, mm-hmm. but, uh, I guess in Canada, yeah. is there a culture difference that you see or, um, n- there is, there, there is, um, I feel like um, in Zambia, and I guess it's not really just Christian life in Zambia versus Christian life here in Winnipeg. I think it's it's more so a cultural thing. So, for example, um, at Bread of Life, our first service started at 7 a.m. in the morning. Oh, man. Oh, yes. boy. <laughs> and I was in the choir. We had to be there an hour before service to practice. So I had to be at church at 6 a.m. in the morning. Ouch. Meaning I had to get up at 4.30 in the morning. <laughs> okay. And that was perfectly normal. And then <laughs> there were like five services. So the last service would, would start at 2 o'clock, 2 p.m. And it would end at 4 p.m. And the evening service would be at 6 p.m. So the whole Sunday <laughs> oh, no. was pretty much at church. And, <laughs> uh, and that was perfectly normal I, I i i don't know that that would fly so much here in canada <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying i mean uh there's lots of churches with lots of different uh services but you're saying it they were two hours long each service hey yes yeah they were. And, and i i from my understanding that's definitely a an African heritage. I know. But when you I was... see, and with that, London, the services would, would run over. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes you would find that instead of the two o'clock service starting at two o'clock, it starts at 2.30, closer right. to three. And by the time it's ending, you're already beginning the evening service. So literally, oh. you've been in church from seven o'clock in the morning to when the evening service is done. And that was perfectly normal. There was nothing odd about it at all. When I came here and I sat in the service and pastor preached for 30 minutes, I was like, that's it? <laughs> <laughs> and, they, and they sang for 20 right? minutes? What? what the I'm like, do? what? 20 minutes? Yeah, like they sing one song, it ends, and they start another song, it ends, and another song, and it ends, and then you pray, and then I'm like, what? With what? <laughs> like, when do we go to the front and dance around and tie, you know, our chitangis around our waists and dance for the Lord? What? <laughs> okay. I really miss it. <laughs> that's definitely the um, a cultural difference. Yeah, it, that, it's um, more so a cultural difference. I think, yeah. um, I think, um, yeah, and I think, I think that God is God and Jesus is Jesus. And, uh, um, the church that I attended, 
the way they preached. They preached um, Christianity. They, they preached the word of God so that it was relevant to your everyday life. Like I can take the principles today and go and actually use them at home. Like it's not just right. when you hear it and then you go and then you forget about it and come back on Sunday and hear it. I find that that's the same here. Like whether you are listening to it on TV or wherever it is you're listening to it at, you know, um, people are trying to to teach the word of God in a relevant way. And uh, yes. that's what it should right. be. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's... Uh, that's definitely where um, the church finds, you know, people to or finds find, preaches to, to the people's lives. So that they, uh, it you definitely see changed lives, and yeah. when people have a changed life, then that um, gets other people interested in yes. seeing why people's lives are changed for the, mm-hmm. for the better. And that's the best way, like to mm-hmm. to tell family and friends about Jesus. Right? It's when they see it. Like, yeah. you know, try to live your life instead of preaching Jesus, leave Jesus so that they mm. want to be like you. Yeah. You know, right. um, yeah. there are those memes that go around uh, on social media saying if if forgiveness was a person or if da 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 was was the person and then there's a picture of a person or, or something like that like I, i'm 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 wanting to see if jesus was a person and i want to see somebody's face on those right like when we live right. our lives i think uh if we live our lives for jesus it's the best way of telling family and friends about jesus great mm-hmm. thank you for that that's a, a great way to end it i think yeah. Um, thank you so much for, for joining us today, Fiziani. Uh, it's um, great to hear your story. Yeah. And, thank uh, you so much for having me. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in and listening. A special thanks to Fiziani for her time, openness, honesty, and, well, frankly, she's a breeze to talk to. So thanks for making it so easy. So anyways, I hope everyone enjoyed it and found it meaningful. I, I hope you can rate and review Mabel Belief. Yeah, share it if you could. That would be appreciated. You can contact me on Twitter at MabelBeliefPod and Instagram at MabelBelief.podcast and uh, even Gmail, MapleBelief at gmail.com. With that, take care, everyone.